You're stuck in a nine to five job you're not enjoying. How do you break the cycle to design a life and career that works for you? I'm your host, Steve O'Ealy, and thanks for tuning in to Escape the 9 to 5. After last week's episode with Jason Skisik, this week we're doing a pod drop, sharing an episode of his podcast, Spear and Clover, that's relevant to you. Enjoy. We don't need a lot to be happy, but here's the next part of it. I don't need a lot to be happy, but I want to accomplish all my goals, Mm. but... That's my choice. Yeah. And because it's my choice, there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. And I think if you look at the standard, everybody, they feel like they don't have a choice. And one of the greatest things I ever heard, Aubrey Marcus was being interviewed by Ed Milet, and, and, and Aubrey said, look, you cannot eat for two weeks and you might die. You cannot drink water and you might die. But that's still a choice. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people out there walking around like they don't have a choice. the Spear and Clover podcast, the show where military mindset meets the spirit of the puppy. I'm your host, Jason Skisik, the entrepreneurial evangelist, and each week I bring you the stories of visionaries who see the world as it could be and can't help but take action. If you're enjoying these episodes, please take a moment to subscribe, like, and review. This is the best way to stay in the loop when we drop new content. When you meet someone for the first time, you can often tell if they're in momentum on the way up in life, coasting along, or struggling and on the decline. It's just a palpable impression people give off that registers, at least subconsciously. When I met Austin Linney, the sense was perfectly clear that here is a man in momentum and on the rise to great heights. Sure enough, his story is unbelievable. It's full of struggles, addiction, rebirth, helping others, and from the sounds of it, a great deal of success. If you enjoy a breakthrough comeback story as much as I do, you're going to love this episode. Please welcome my friend, Austin Linney. Austin, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me in here. It's super pumped. Now, I forgot to ask before we started recording. Are you recording this from the RV? Yes. I'm awesome. I'm, I'm the lake is a hundred feet from me. And yes. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So let's let's start there. You know, one of the things that was most impactful in our short conversation the first time was that you and your wife, correct? Are, are living in a RV. Beyonce. Yes, sir. Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Beyonce, so yeah. tell us more about that. You know what's interesting? When I started coaching, you know, I always dreamed of being on the road. And, you know, as a business owner and as a coach and a consultant, you know, you want to be professional, you know, mm-hmm. you, you like, you know, I want to be where I'm, I'm focused on you. And like, so, you know, I was kind of like fighting up against that, like when I first started. and then I had a client tell me six months into my coaching, you know what I really love? And I was like, what's that? He's like, I love that every time I get on a call with you, there's a different background. Uh, and he's like, cause I know that you're living what you preach. Yeah. And it clicked on for me. And I was like, so I just need to be me. And the people that want that are going to show up more. And the ones that don't are going to go away. Yeah. And that yeah. was kind of when I started like fully living my brand. And and one of the things when I met my fiance is like, I really want to travel. I really want to do this. You know, we would, we would, we had our apartment and then we would leave for a month for a week. And then we'd come back and, you know, it's just like, do we want to do this or do we want to do this? You know? And so we lived in Tahoe for like seven months and and I was kind of coming to an end, the job that I, the project I was helping on there. And, and uh, you know, she's like, I've always wanted to do an RV and we're like, Hey, let's, let's give it a shot. And so, you know, made a phone call to a business partner and he was like, Hey, you can borrow mine. You can pay me for it. And then we had to like buy a car. So we bought a car and like, it was like, bam, bam, bam. And then we just hooked it up and we took off. And and that was like two and a half months ago. And, uh, you know, we'll be out here to foreseeable future. And and one of the things that people ask me all the time, there's a couple reasons why it matters to me. There's a couple things that people don't talk about. Mm. I'm in a real big building phase in my entrepreneurship career. My my coaching business is, is busy. We're building a couple companies simultaneously right now. And there's something that people don't talk about. I need my mind to roam. I have to roam because it's taking a lot of me decisions and, and there's a lot of gravity that the numbers are getting bigger. The, the businesses yeah. are getting huge. And I like the different environment changes. I like the different perspective. I, I, and, and more importantly, there's a lot of big deals that are going down right now that I physically need to shake somebody's hand and sit in their living room and look sure. at them dead in the face and go, hey, man, I need a couple hundred thousand dollars. You know, like yeah. it's a lot easier to do in person. And, and, and then, and then the last thing that's the most important to me, it really puts perspective and just simple. 
And I wrote a post the other day and because it's the weather's been, you know, kind of iffy lately, but we finally got in the kayak the second time since the trip. And every time I get in my kayak and I listen to some music and the sun's going down, I think to myself, man, you know, we don't need a lot to be happy. But here's the next part of it. I don't need a lot to be happy, but I want to accomplish all my goals. Mm. But that's my choice. Yeah. And because it's my choice, there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. And I think if you look at the standard, everybody, they feel like they don't have a choice. And one of the greatest things I ever heard, Aubrey Marcus was being interviewed by Ed Milet, and, and, and Aubrey said, look, you cannot eat for two weeks and you might die. You cannot drink water and you might die. But that's still a choice. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people out there walking around like they don't have a choice. And that's what I rail against. Yeah, I can see that. You know, I had a guest and a good good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Mike Risher, and he says, I forget the quote, it might have been uh, Marcus Aurelius, but basically it's you have an ethical obligation to make the biggest impact on the world as possible because there are these gifts that you have and these these visions that you have. And, and to go out and do that, I think, is such a virtuous thing. So success is sort of, you know, almost an ethic, ethical obligation. It, 100%, but, but ultimately understand that what people are wanting from you as a coach or an entrepreneur or a leader of, yeah. of your company, they want your energy, right? And if you're not, if you're not bought into your life, if you're not in clarity of what's going on, then then what do you expect the people to buy into? Yeah. Like if you're not bought into you, like I just watched an amazing documentary on like the crypto king and like this guy, yeah. two hundred fifty million dollars disappeared. You know, it was, yep. it was amazing. I could put it down. I love stuff like that. It's like yeah. I love the psychology behind it. And what were people doing? They were buying in to something that was in the beginning to a person and he was selling them on this was the thing, right? And, and so this is my, I'm not, look, anybody can get caught in a scam. You know, I've lost money in business many a times. I'm not worried about that. But what I'm saying is if you're investing, this is my big, this is my big thing. If you're investing to get out of something, then you're probably not in the right place to do it. Yeah. But if you're investing to enhance a life that you've already created, yeah. then that's too different totally. Yeah. Yeah. I always say you can kind of do anything from a place of want, but it's really hard to do anything effectively from a place of need, unless it's like survival, right? Why don't you tell everybody exactly what it is you do? I think you've alluded to it a little bit, but you're such, you have such an interesting business or businesses. Just give us the quick, the quick rundown on, on who you serve and, and how you do it. Yeah. Mainly my, so, you know, because of COVID, I, I kind of always had coaching on the horizon for me, um, but, but I was working private equity and spent seven plus years in the short-term rental space and, and, and built a couple of businesses. We have like five businesses right now. I'm a mindset business consultant for entrepreneurs, for people who are kind of like a lot of my guys have made money and they're kind of like, is this it? You know? And, and this is like, this is where I am. Like, I'm just going to make money. Yeah. And then I'm also, you know, spent most of my life addicted to alcohol and cocaine and methamphetamines, mainly the drugs earlier in my life, and then was a functioning alcoholic for, for 16 plus years and sober for three years and three and a half years and lost 80 pounds. And, you know, the addiction is an umbrella word that, to be honest with you, can be used with a lot of things. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of the times it'll slide in about conversation three or four and coaching like, Hey, yeah. you know, I don't have a problem, which sometimes they are right. They don't, right. I, I don't have a problem, but I would definitely like to dial back the drinking or I definitely like to dial back this. And I, and I think that that word addiction gets thrown around a lot, but it, it can mean a lot of things, right. Mm. Addicted to negative, you know, talk with yourself, yeah. addicted to self-sabotage. Right. And, and, yeah. And, and so breaking down those barriers and, and, and living a life where I did with victimhood for 20 plus years and, and, and beating myself up is, is kind of my, my sweet spot. Now we are moving into the business consulting. I coach a couple of companies, health insurance, crypto. So kind of, I just love people. Like my business is people and, and we mm. kind of do a couple of things, branding, website, podcasts, all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's been a wild ride. For sure. Mm -hmm. But I love to coach. It's I, I really believe this. I will do this till I walk off this earth. Like it's mm -hmm. just seeing somebody buy their first investment property, seeing somebody, you know, expand their business, seeing somebody have a, to be honest with you, have a better relationship with their kids and their, and their family. There's no better feeling. And I, I, I tell everybody like, I haven't, I have two new barometers for success. And one, the first one's in my coaching. And this is the only thing that matters when I have clients wives text me that don't have my number and they're like hey you're doing a great job i don't know what you're doing who you are but keep doing it yeah that's number one success 
Yeah. And then I've defined that my actual success only means one thing, not money, not amount of businesses, not properties, not what I'm doing. It's only one thing I matter. I, I changed it last week. It was one thing. Are people better after I've left the room? Mm. That's it. And how many people can say that? Yeah. So take me back. So it sounds to me like you've seen the bottom of the barrel and yes. then at some point were able to make your way back up. Uh, mm -hmm. on top of the waves or whatever you want, however you want to call that. And so now it seems like you, you really get a ton of energy from sharing that with those folks that maybe are mm -hmm. not at the bottom, but certainly further down in the barrel and, and helping those folks to get back up on the surfboard and ride the wave. Talk to me about the process of when you were figuring out that you were at the bottom. Tell me a little bit about your entrepreneur or origin story. I think, sure. again, you've alluded to it. Let me hear a little bit more about what yeah. happened and sort of how you were able to find the strength and courage to kind of get back on your feet. So I spent most of my career selling wine, hotels, hospitality, bar, bar, you know, master bartender. And there's a lot of qualities within that space that yield to creating somebody that's, you know, can move through community can speak to all different walks of people. And so I always had that kind of innate, you know, gift to be able to talk to people. But I, you know, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad at 17. And I knew the concept of investing. And my dad was a doctor, but I didn't want to be a doctor. And it was like all this stuff. And, and you're just fighting up against that for like ever. It's like, I, you know, screw your college, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then my parents got divorced when I was 17. And so like, I was always out there by myself, just doing my thing. And there is, and I think a lot of people can resonate with this. There's a lot of comfort when you're at the top of what you do. Like, I, I don't mean this from an ego place. I was in the top 1% of, you know, bartending and, and waiting tables. And I made my money. I worked three days a week and I, I fucked off the rest of the week and it was great. And you're not questioned and you're just, you know, people are like, whatever, dude, go do your thing, make sales. Like we're good. And then you're kind of in this myopic kind of like six year stretch where you're like not being challenged, but the people you're around are like younger and they don't really have goals. And you're like, but I want to invest in real estate. And like, so then I started like at the, my last two, three years, I started investing in real estate and no, I, I bought a house. I bought a second one. I bought a third one. And I was, I was running three Airbnbs and you know, I made like 113 grand gross. And I was like, this shit's amazing. Like, this is crazy. I was cleaning all the houses myself, still working full job, working 80 hours a week. It was, it was crazy town. And then I joined a mastermind and uh, I was still drinking at the time, still joined a mastermind. And I got around guys that had like 35, 115, 3000 units, three businesses. And it was like, the guy asked me, he said, why do you want to join this mastermind? And I said, cause the dreams that I have are bigger than the people I'm around. Mm. And he was like, that's the best answer I ever heard you're in. Let's go. <laughs> and when I started getting around those people, they started seeing something in me that I didn't see in myself. Like, man, this, this skill that you have, like how you're so good with people, like this can really go big if you decide for it. And, and then I, I met these two business partners where we started an Airbnb company. It just so happened that one was nine months sober and one was 13 months sober. And I know it sounds insane to say. But it was the first time I'd ever, I, and they had good jobs, like really good jobs where they were making like 200, 300, 400 of their regular jobs. It's the first time I was around regular people that were successful that didn't drink. Mm. I know that's the most asinine statement to say, but my whole life was booze and, and wine. And we went to Burgundy, we went to Napa. Like this was what we did it was all whiskey and everything. And so to be around those guys and they said, look, man, if you've ever thought about it, like take three months off. Like, just give it a shot. You never know what'll happen. And I, I wound up making it 28 days and I drank again. And I was so mad at myself because I didn't even like the drink I had. And I waited another 30 days because it was like Christmas. And I did it. I started like right after Christmas, like June 9th. And uh, it stuck. And here we are. And I kept putting things in front of me that I had to do that didn't involve drinking. So what I mean by that is I was like, dude, I feel great. Let me sign up for a half Ironman. Well, let me sign up for another one. And so I kept putting these things in front of me that I, that I couldn't do it. And then I try to tell everybody when it comes to weight loss business or whatever you want to call it, I, I hung my hat on one thing. Do I feel good? Mm. Yeah, I feel great. Let's keep chasing that. And, and so what I tell everybody, the way I kind of changed it around was for me, I was like, okay, I broke, you know, 97 million promises to myself in this 20 year of like, I'm going to start this. I'm going to do this. I have no confidence, no belief in myself. And I said, where's the one place I can get it back the quickest. And that's my health. 
Mm. And I said, let me not put a number on it. Let me not. Let's just go to the gym every day. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to adopt the personality that I'm a healthy person and I work out every day. And so this went on for like two months and I lost some weight. And I'm like, hell yeah. And then I kept looking at the scale and I kept losing my mind. I wasn't mentally strong enough to handle the yo-yos of the scale. So I took the scale, I went to the dumpster and I threw it away. <laughs> and I said, I said, if I'm going to do this, then what's the goal I'm searching? I want to feel great. Okay, so that's my, that was my only barometer. It wasn't the workout. It wasn't everything. I'm going to do, I'm going to feel good. And it was towards the end of the year and it was like September. And I was like, I really want to do something because I feel the momentum coming. I'm losing a little weight. I've lost like 20 pounds. I really want to take it to the next level. And I want to, I want to do something to, so I show up next year, like locked in, ready to go. And, you know, I heard Andy Frisella and I was like, you know, let me do like 75 hard. Like, I don't know what this is, but I'll figure it out and let me do this. And so what happened was is I did it. I did it 150 days in a row. Wow. So I, I skipped the 75 and I just went double. Yeah. And what I realized is that my standards of what was acceptable went up to like 10 yeah. And so now there's no turning back. And so, you know, that's kind of where I operate. So even if I'm not doing 75 hard, I at least do some part of it every day. And I realized that when it came to the podcast, when it came to me, myself, and just health in general, the only thing that actually matters is consistency. And so I'm the consistency machine. Mm. And, and the thing is that you have to ask yourself as a coach, right? And the leader of people and, and somebody that people pay you money. If the coach isn't doing it, then what's the point? Mm. And so when my clients wake up every morning, every time they pick up their Instagram, they see the coach out there, just that, yeah. that number, just staring them in the face and, and it yeah. just drives them crazy. I love it. I love it too. I've already seen your social media profile and uh, like checked it out. And I, I love the, the footprint. I think your, I think your energy is infectious. I think your story is, is obviously really strong. One of the things that I see in particularly in fitness is I hear these stories a lot. You know, I used to be an alcoholic. I used, for me, it was gambling. I used to be a gambler. I used to have, I was addicted to this. And now I'm addicted to this virtuous thing, whether it's entrepreneurship or yoga or CrossFit or jujitsu or whatever it may be. Do you think about that? And is it bad? No. Okay. So here's how you have to ask yourself. I had a client on, or client, I had a guy on the podcast. Sure. And he said, remember that you always choose addictions. There's addiction runs yeah. everybody's life. Which one yeah. are you choosing? Right. And so my addiction is to impact others. Oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, what do you want me to do? Like, yes, dude, I like to work. Like, yeah. and I like to build because so much of my life was fucked up from a bad marriage and no self-esteem and bad businesses. And so now I've got my mind on right. I'm the best show up I've ever been. I'm in a healthy relationship. And so I'm going to go out and, and, and change the fucking world. And it's as simple as that. And so, yes, 100%. I agree that like, yeah. that's just a, a necessary evil. Now, what I will tell you, because I have a couple clients doing the same thing right now. Mm. The way to start this, the way to start this is super simple, is what's taking over. I mean, we can get real metaphysical and like deep down and like neurological. Let's ride, baby. Do it. So, so my favorite book in the entire fucking world is what you say when you talk to yourself. It's I bought 70 fucking copies for everybody that exists on the planet. If I see you and, and, I, and I'm like, I hate you, the way you talk to yourself, I'm just going to yeah. buy it for you and send it to your house. Cool. I can't help it. So basically understanding that everything that you do is based off 90% is your subconscious. Okay. And so when I tell people that the thing that I had to get over the hardest was my sobriety mm. was going on vacation and celebrating. And they're like, what? When I went to Costa Rica for 10 days and did not drink, I was officially sober for the rest of my life. That was my shit. I was like, that's my Everest. I got it. Yeah. And then I had to figure out a way to celebrate a big win or something like that. And so remember that when I was coming home and drinking, I wasn't even thinking about it consciously. It was subconscious. I had a hard day at work. My parents taught me, you know, for lack of better, the society, my parents, you had a hard day. You drink something, that's how you calm down. So what I get my clients to do is this. Don't judge yourself. The, the number one thing that people do is they say, oh, just stop drinking. You know what I say? Go fuck yourself. That's not how it works, dude. Yeah. But here's the deal. When the emotion comes over you, can you go hit the Peloton? Yeah. Or, or can you just like change the behavior once in a seven-day stretch and then try to do it again in that seven-day stretch? So like my, like my thing is like, hey, I really feel like I need a drink right now. I'm gonna go on a 45 minute walk. Yeah. And so now my default is now we just change that behavior. Oh, and, and then the brain goes, uh oh, what just happened? That something just changed. 
And it's just, I call it the spoke in the wheel. Mm-hmm. You just got to put the, you just got to put the, the stick in the wheel sometimes because you're doing all these behaviors and you don't even know that you're doing them. So you have to do something to switch it. And then when you switch it, the brain goes, wait, wait, there might be a different way. And that's kind of like all the seed that you need, right? And I, I hear you talk about celebration, right? And I think that there is this sort of like pathological idea of either food as a reward or alcohol as celebration or drugs as celebration. I got some unwind from this terrible life or whatever it is. The funny thing that I think of immediately just hearing your story motherfucker, you celebrate every day of your life because you've constructed your life in mm-hmm. such a way you've engineered your life where what you're living. I live in the beach. I live at the beach. I live in the dunes of Indiana in the beach, dude. I don't really need to go on vacation. I want to. And certainly we do travel. Yeah. But the idea is like, we've engineered, you've engineered your life in such a way mm-hmm. that celebration is just you getting up, looking outside and seeing a lake. Dude, feet see, away. that's why I love to hire people who have recovered from addiction because yeah. they're so fucking happy. They don't even yeah. care. They're like, dude, I'm good. Yeah, but like what? my joke, like this is a big problem. This is a serious problem. Mm-hmm. And I have an antidote to explain to people how ridiculous we've, and, and by the way, you're talking about a guy who's romantic still about booze and, and whiskey, yeah. like even though I don't drink it. If we were in a business meeting and there was eight of us sitting down and we were in an office room or conference room and I busted out an eight ball of cocaine and I did it all, everybody in that room would walk out of the room and go, Austin is out of his fucking mind. That dude is crazier than shit. Yeah. But really all I did was become more productive. Okay. That's a joke. Okay. That's the joke. But, but here's the rub. If I did that same thing around those eight people and drank a case of beer, they'd be like, oh, that guy loves his IPA. Sure, sure. So tell me which, what we've done. We, we've taken a product and we've, and we, yeah, we've taken a product and we, we turned it into coffee. We turned it into the everyday thing. Well, that's just, I mean, it's just, you know, they go to the golf tournament and they drink and they get it. No, dude, it is bad. It's a poison. It's in look, you can drink. I, dude, I'm all about it. I make people drinks all the time still. Yeah. But what I'm saying is if, if, if remove it for some things in your life and tell me if you have a problem or not, like remove it from a celebration, remove it from a barbecue. Like, can you make it through a time? And the thing is, is what's exciting to me is done with, in the, and I mean this wholeheartedly done in the right setting with the ceremony, like, Hey man, like I closed this big fucking deal. And you know, I like this one whiskey. Like my thing with me though, is the one drink turned into two drinks, turned into three drinks, turned into, I don't even enjoy this anymore. Mm. And that's where it was like, I don't even like what I'm drinking. Like, yeah. this is like vodka and like crap. Like, why am I even doing this? And, it, and, and I realized that it was a habit. It wasn't even something I enjoyed anymore. And that's when it turns over to something different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that was me with cigarettes. I, I quit cigarettes in one day. And it was because I was in Iraq at the time deployed. Mm-hmm. It was 2005, June 1st. I, I was smoking cigarettes. They were 50 cents a pack. And they were all stale cigarettes in Iraq that we were getting. And I, yeah, I was, you could smoke anytime I wanted. I could smoke all day, every single day, as much as I wanted. And there just came a point where I was like, I don't even like this. I don't even like doing this. And so you know, I kind of just quit. Yeah, you know what's play. interesting about that? If you really want to take it on a thing that's I actually think higher level and, and more of like a mass problem is that habitual habit mm-hmm. is what we do with negative thoughts. Sure, absolutely. It's what we do yeah. with negative talk to our head. And just yeah. like, you know what? It's not going to work this time. You, you know yeah. what? Why should you even try? You know what? I don't deserve this. And ultimately understanding that the only way that you do deserve that is to feel like you do. To even have the seed of belief and saying, you know what? I can do better. And the thing is, I do this, I do this little exercise with my clients. It's, it's really simple. And I'm 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 a hundred for zero. I always win every time. Okay. I said if this if if the next six months, this thing that you want, this 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 goal, these goals that you want, if you go all in, I want to lose 20 pounds, I want to create hundred K in revenue. If you go all in, what's the things that would positively affect you? Like what are the things, well I would feel great. I would have money. I would be healthier. I'd be everything. Okay. Now name me the negatives. I'll wait. Oh yeah, guess what? There's never been one. We think that we're all in. We're not all in. And the thing is, is I'm so all in on my vision. I'm so all in on the people I'm helping. They just asked me today on the company call, what was my goal for the next 90 days? I said, for you and you to have financial income coming in where you're not stressed. I didn't know, but how's that a goal? No, no, no. I didn't say I want money. I said, that's my only goal. Okay, we know where Austin stands. Now, how do we go execute this? Because- Supporting those people, 
and getting them to a place where they're financially taken care of is going to allow my company to expand like tenfold because they're bought in to who, how much I believe in them. And it was something my fiance said to me that's really like her seeing some of the coaching when we're driving and behind the doors. And she was like, dude, they're not paying. Like, don't get me wrong. You're smart and you know business and you know, real estate, but they're not paying you for that stuff. I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, they're paying you for your energy and your confidence. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. like and, and and for you to just like it's like a almost like a breath of like confidence where you just shut and the thing is, is as a coach you know you you help people all the time you send that text even though they didn't ask for it because you're slowly implanting that different speak you know and you can kind of see and and my rule is very simple i have a simple rule i wake up every morning and i think one thought if gary v thinks he's playing small i got shit to do <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by High Level CRM. High Level is an all-in-one platform designed to help entrepreneurs grow their businesses without the need for multiple softwares or an IT team. Not only does this does their easy-to-use software allow you to track and manage your leads throughout each phase of the relationship, but it also allows you to build funnels, track stats, and more. Guys, I sat down and added up the cost of software I was able to replace with just one app, and it was over $1,000 per month. Because this is an all-in-one application, I also save a ton of headaches connecting apps and building automations, and the team at Go High Level does a great job of getting you started quickly and easily when you sign on. I cannot more highly recommend these guys. Right now, Spear and Clover listeners get a free 14-day trial of high-level CRM for themselves. Click the link in our show notes to support the show and get started on your free 14-day trial today. I'm super excited that today's show is brought to you by the Global School of Entrepreneurship, most practicing entrepreneurs cannot take two years away from their growing business to attend a full-time campus-based program or spend every weekend away from family and business for a couple of years. Finally, there's an accredited program specifically designed for you to work on and grow your business while completing your MBA. The GSE MBA complements the needs and schedules of someone actively engaged in an entrepreneurial venture while still covering the accredited curriculum expected from any MBA program. The Global School of Entrepreneurship offers a unique offering called the Mastermind to MBA program. It consists of 10 students who work together in a forum style cohort and meet every other week for a year. The GSE MBA helps you develop skills in critical thinking and strategic planning. Students also develop competencies in leadership, decision-making, and communication with both employees, as well as the important stakeholders in your business. You will be exposed to world-class academics and fascinating guest lecturers. You'll work on your business while working in your business. Students are guided by real-world entrepreneurs with decades of experience starting and scaling businesses just like yours. Best of all, I'm beyond proud to announce that the Global School of Entrepreneurship has agreed to offer one Spearing Clover listener a scholarship to join an upcoming Mastermind to MBA cohort. They are looking for someone just like you to bring a unique perspective to the program, and they are accepting applications right now. To learn more and to apply, simply go to www.gse.mba/spear. That's www.gse.mba slash spear. Don't miss this opportunity to level yourself up and surround yourself with other like-minded entrepreneurs just like you. Once again, to apply for the GSE MBA Spear and Clover Scholarship, simply visit www.gse.mba slash spear. That's www.gse.mba slash spear. Today's show is brought to you by Scaling with Media. I mean, literally, like if it weren't for the folks at Scaling with Media, you would not be getting this. Scaling with Media is a truly revolutionary company for any entrepreneur who wants to reach a larger audience without taking on the years of experience necessary to master the required skills. These guys do it all. From helping you develop your creative plan to editing, sourcing content, copywriting, ads management, and way more. Whether you're looking to launch a YouTube channel or podcast, or you just want to scale your business out to more eyeballs, these guys are the absolute best one-stop shop. But that's not all. Right now, Spear and Clover listeners who sign up for their brand launch package will receive a free, that's right, free professional grade studio kit that I'm actually recording right now on. The studio kit includes a professional microphone, stand, lighting, and headphones, and is worth well over $500. 
Take action now by going to scalingwithmedia.com forward slash spear and claim your free studio kit. Again, that's scalingwithmedia.com forward slash spear, scalingwithmedia.com forward slash spear. Now back to the show. Yeah, you got a little bit Gary V in you. I can hear that for they sure. They call me Gary V Light and yeah. my other boys. Yeah. Yeah. So so let me ask you this. What I'm hearing, so you're a textbook entrepreneur personality type in UPT, right? Mm-hmm. Just it's it's all over your face. Me too. Uh, you know, and and what one of the things that I've found in my life is I need whether you want to call them lighthouses or you want to call them bumpers on on the the bowling alley to make sure that I don't start 20 businesses this year yeah. and and then have 20 of them fail. So do you have any structures in place? Are there any personality types that maybe balance you out in your partnerships where somebody is out there going like, hey, this is great. Continue with the reality distortion field, move forward, kick ass, take names. We're going to count the beans and bullets back here. Like, do you have any kind of structures in place for that? Single-handedly changed my entire life. Yeah. And tell me more. uh, They call me, they call me the wild mayor. (laughs) And so a lot of times the SOP- can you take that? <laughs> no, it's fine. But what I'm saying is, so the SOP, the systems, the CEOs in my businesses, sure. they're like, you know, they, what, what changed my life was super simple. When my first business partnership, they almost knocked me down for who I was. Right. But here's the deal. I also wasn't refined enough in who I was to, to behave properly. Sure. You know, to like to, 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 I was still learning business, but now instead of competing against what I am and trying to force me in a box, they let me run. And the joke is, is let Austin run out all day, yep. shake his head around, run out all his energy. And then he comes back and it's like, okay, now what are we actually going to do? Right. And, and so like when I read rocket fuel, mm-hmm. that book changed my life. And so like, literally I got enough energy and enough gas to, bl- to blow anybody up with belief. I got enough energy to meet everybody in the planet, but what I don't have the energy to do is to do anything with that. <laughs> and so, and so Having those, I understood, and this is a true story. This is this is a real, real true story. I met a guy on a Zoom call a couple of years ago who's a young kid who's a helicopter pilot in the military, and he is the exact opposite of me. Like, I mean, like quiet, doesn't want to be on Zoom, loves spreadsheets, is obsessed with tax codes. And we got we started a business and we got like seven months in and COVID happened and we kind of like slowed down because it was Airbnb. He said, Hey, look, man, about to have my second kid about to have uh i'm a captain in the military now i take that very seriously i'm in charge of 100 people he's like would you be okay if we kind of like turn off the faucet and i i just kind of be a dad i just enjoy these summers and like let me finish my tour i'm going to west point next for two and a half years and then i'll be out Mm. and i said yes like yes on like so many levels and i said when you get out the business will be ready for you to run i'm buying you your dream home i'm giving you a salary and ownership in all the business he goes i don't understand he goes, why would you do that? And I go, because this doesn't get to where it needs to go without you. Mm-hmm. And I have other integrators that are, you know, more seasoned with him that are jumping in the business now. But basically his comment back to me was, first of all, you're an amazing human being. Second of all, I'm going to take 70% of what you're doing, get rid of it. And then we're going to maximize the 30%. And I was like, <laughs> sounds about right. So he's like, get all your things out that you need to do right now. But understanding that I'm a little bit different. Mm-hmm. In the in entrepreneurship world, there's certain businesses that I know are not going to be huge money makers, but they make me happy. Yeah. And so I do those things because they give me energy to go show up for the other things, but also understand that nobody can compete with me because everything I'm doing is on a 50 year time horizon. Mm. So like a lot of the stuff that we have in the hopper now, it's not going to see maturity for like two to three years until we have like the cash. And so th- we're building with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. And then we're coming backwards and go, okay, that's great. But what's the actual thing that we need to do the next six months? Okay. We all need to make some cash so we can look at this next phase of the business with a clear mind instead of from a place of lacking. Right. And I tell everybody like your goals, they can only be the past reflection of who you think you are. Mm. So in essence, like your goals don't even really matter because they're just your past version. And once the mind stretches, once, you know, and the thing is like this, man, like I made a choice. I've had some, I've had some people that have screwed me over. I've lost some money, bad partnerships. And I made a conscious decision a year ago. I said, can you tighten up and not trust everybody and maybe get where you need to go? 
or do you just want to keep going with your heart on your sleeve? That was like, I had a real conversation with myself and I said, okay, self has more good things come out of giving people the benefit of the doubt and opening your arms to everybody than the negative. And I was like, yes. And I was like, okay, I'm willing to accept that. And that's the way I'm going to roll moving forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's not for everybody. It's not for the faint of heart because you get blindsided sometimes, but I've also uncovered some diamonds in that too. Mm. And so I'll take that, but I, I know that consciously going into it. Yeah. I, I, I take that. I, the approach that you just, just described is exactly what I did, whether it was dating or whether it's whatever is, is every single first date is the first time I ever met that person. And so if I carry in this, like these wounds and scars and all these other things into a first date, like that doesn't seem fun at all to me. And that person has no chance. Well, it's the same thing with partners and businesses. In fact, I actually have a thing where I love it when there's some thing that happens, whether somebody's late to a meeting or accidentally messes something up or like farts when they're in the middle of jujitsu class, because we're fucking humans, man. I love it when we're not perfect. And I love it. And it's a good way to check in on me. If I have the presence of mind to respond the way that I would hope I would respond to those types of things. And there's I think that's guy, so powerful. Yeah. There's a guy I follow and it was so amazing when he said this, I'm like, how did I not think about this? And yeah. he said, he said he owns multiple businesses Yeah. and he says lots of employees, like 200. And he said the first time they went through the first three groups, they fired everybody. And he's like, well, after the third one, he was like, hold on. He's like, hold on. <laughs> he's like, maybe it's not them. And what he said as a boss, he said, it's not that we need to teach them what to do or we need to show them what to do. He said, what we have to practice as a CEO is how to behave mm -hmm. or how to respond when they make a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And he well, said, the, once you get that in context, then you can let them make mistakes and continue to grow. Yeah. One of my best friends owns a pretty good sized business and he's very, very, a very, very impressive person. He's usually the smartest guy in the room. He does common math faster than a fucking calculator, but I've, and I worked for him for two years and I've never seen him yell at an employee. I've never seen him get angry more than like, obviously upset. Right. But like, I've never seen him step out of who he would probably say he would want to be. And I, I admire that so much about him. Uh, shout out to Martin. Um, the the emotional bandwidth is what is my constant struggle. Yeah. And, and, and what I mean by that is like, you know, one of the words and I'm, I'm not always a winner at this, like, let's mm -hmm. just so we're clear. Yeah. Sure. How do I be empathetic, which I'm a super empath and, mm -hmm. and a little bit psychic. How do I do that? How do I care so much? And how do I not rip my soul out at every, every turn too? <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's the rub, right? Like yeah. how do I not lose that part of me that cares and compassionate, but how do I d disassociate myself from the things that are going to rip me apart where I can't sleep at night? Yeah. And I think that's been the number one thing I've been working on the last three years is kind of detach detachment from this business deal or like that going through or like that client who doesn't show up because when, what do we do as coaches? What do we do? I'm just as guilty. Client doesn't show up a couple of times or, you know, whatever. Oh, I guess I'm not giving them the value. I guess it's me. And I've dissected this problem about 17 times. You know what happens every time? I'm not the problem. I'm available. I'm here. I've got the energy. I'm always available to show up for you. So why do we as people, especially coaches, why do we think we're the problem? And guess what? Sometimes you might be. Yeah. But if you're available and you're willing to show up, you know, my, one of my people that I highly respect, they said, think of coaching like you're in a lifeboat and there's a hundred people to save, save the people swimming the closest, the fastest. Mm -hmm. to you. And when I kind of put my piece to that, I was like, okay. Cause I mean, dude, let's be honest, this business, like the coaching business is like almost masochistic. You're, you're literally putting your life and your lifestyle on the horn and your revenue on people's emotions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Could you think of any crazier way to make money? This is not a product. This is not something that's, you know, you're literally. And the thing is, is when you try to change somebody, when you try to truly transform who they are, they are going to do everything in their power to fight against that. Hmm. You know, especially older males, because they're making a little money. They're making a little scratch. They're making 300 grand. And they're in a marriage that doesn't serve them or they could grow up, but in order to transform their complete life, they might have to leave the marriage. They might have to leave the company where they've made the money. And so that they, they're about to change. And then they go, no, 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 this is too much. I'm just going to stay in my mediocre thing. I've had this happen so many times. I can't tell you. Mm -hmm. And like, I can almost predict it like with the sundial call seven. 
They start, <laughs> they start not responding to the text. They miss a meeting. No, 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 no. I can't do, I can't. There's not anything more than this. There's so much more than this. Do you think that you're able to change people or do you think that they need to change themselves? A little bit of both. I think you can crack open a new perspective. And, and, and mainly the way to do that is as simple as this. My favorite thing to do is clock all their words and just hold on to them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. cause I have a, a good memory. Yeah. And then I just repeat them back to <laughs> yeah. them and they're like, that sounds dumb as shit. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you said that. And they're like, oh, yeah. and that's kind of like the hammer, you know, like yeah. they're like, oh, oh that yeah. doesn't sound good. You know, and then you use obviously, you know, what Enlifted has taught me, which is writing it out and kind of, you know, cause like I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. Client gets on the call. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is going on. This is going on. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Tap it down. Let's write out what actually needs to get it done. And one of my favorite things to do is let's write the list of the 10 things that you need to get accomplished. Like mm-hmm. no order, just write it down, like write it down. And then I go, okay, rewrite the order on priorities one to 10 of the most important and, 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 and prioritize it. And you know what happens when they write down that list without thinking about it, it goes business and it goes personal. Mm-hmm. When they prioritize it on purpose, personal goes up top, business goes at the bottom. So if you're not handling your personal life, you're not working out, you're not eating right, you're not taking time for yourself, how do you expect to show up in business? Mm -hmm. My my thing is there's no business problems. Business problems don't exist. There's only personal problems wrapped up in business. Yeah, 100%. One of the things that I've thought multiple times throughout this conversation is, and you're a fitness guy, so you'll get this. In fitness, we talk about core to extremity. In other words, like, I don't care how strong your bicep is if you're core is dog shit. And that core is us as ourselves, right? And so if we want to be good in business, we better be good with ourselves first, if that makes sense. Uh, and I'm, I'm hearing that through everything you're saying. You used the word integrators earlier. Are you attraction mm-hmm. guy? Is that a, do you have a, is there, yeah, do you follow a structure or what do you, what do you guys do? Well, my business partner follows the structure. I, I just, I just, <laughs> I I'm trying, try to, I'm trying to this. peel back under the layer, under, under the, uh, under the, the we're, we're uh, using a, we're using traction as a base layer. Sure. We don't love how it's not client facing. Hmm. So we're, we're kind of taking traction and taking this other product called scalable and then using what we've learned and kind of piecing it together. And I think what will happen eventually is we'll use our own, we'll create our own probably sure. in the next couple of years, but basically it's a th- three year, one year, 90 day goal. Mm-hmm. And then my mapping it out and then creating kind of rocks. We use, yep. I like rocks. Yeah. And then ultimately saying like, let's say you have a list of 10 things to do, right? I bet you that you really only need to get like two or three of those things does. So you just, I just cut it out. And I'm like, what's, what do we need to get done right now? Because remember that the action that you're taking sometimes doesn't show up in revenues. Mm-hmm. It shows up in structure. It shows up in, you know, and I think when I found out about delegating, I delegated everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was too much. It was like, I delegated yeah. everything and had no idea what was going on. We're yeah. spending hundreds of dollars a month in, in, in a podcast and I didn't even want to look at it. And then I finally opened my bank account. And I was like, oh my God, what are we doing? And then I'm like, no, 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 that was too much delegation. <laughs> and then we like reeled it in. And so now like what I did, kind of my business thing is uh, this, this term called blitzscaling, mm-hmm. which means I'm going to go out and take massive amount of action for like six months. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to yank back and then I'm going to restudy what worked and what didn't work. And then I'm going to go forward. And, and it's kind of what I did with the podcast. I'm going to slam it out for a year. And then I'm going to spend the next six months learning marketing find my avatar and then, and then kind of go with that because they were impressed with my thing. And now we're finding like the right people. And, and so I think that's what not a lot of people do. I don't, I don't think they take the action necessary to even get the answers they need. You know, it's as simple as this. You're sitting here spending two months trying to figure out what your clients need. How about you just ask them, you know, like, will mm-hmm. your ego let you ask the question? Like, mm-hmm. no, like just say, Hey, what is it? That's, you know, my favorite question is what's pulling against you currently you'd like to remove mm-hmm. find that out coach on that you're good to go so yeah i mean i think i'm actually got a different i'm going to take a uh i'm basically going to create an entire va company that maybe i don't own but they work with us that that's going to be a, a massive group of integrators mm. and so my companies are going to be working 24 hours around the clock and then my front facing people are only going to be doing level 10 a task that's my basically vision for what we're creating. How do you know somebody's going to be a good fit to work for you or with you? Uh, I could, oh, first of all, 
the number one way that you're a good way is everybody that I've interviewed or brought on has never asked me about how much they're making. That's the number one thing. So that means they're bought into who are, we really only care about one thing. Are you, are you a value driven person or are you Mm -hmm. mission driven? If you don't care about that, then I want nothing to do with you. I don't care. Guys, I I coach people who make 400 grand a month and they're no better or no different than you are. It really doesn't matter. Are we going to do this for the real? Like do, you know, and the thing is like everybody that works for with me, I care about their kids. I really would love to turn over some of these businesses to their kids. And so it's just, you know, I told the CEO of my uh, Airbnb company, he goes, why would you hire me? I have no experiences. I said, I can teach skills. I can't teach loyalty. Mm-hmm. And so like, you have to, you have to care about people more than profits. You have to choose impact over everything and you have to be in for the long game. Mm-hmm. As simple as that. Like the bar for proper business has been set so low these days. If you actually return phone calls, if you actually smile, if you actually do what you say you're going to do, like you're already beating (laughs) 75% of the people. Oh, I love that. Cause that's totally me too. Yeah. Like if, if I think of you ever, you're getting a fucking text right now. Like if, if we yeah. have a thing, I'm showing up, if we're on a call, I'm calling you like, yeah, I love that. Dude, I think I that's read, a lot. I listened start. to this yeah. podcast about these guys that bought an HVAC company in, yeah. in Dallas and they raised revenue by 25% by answering the phone. I cannot. I was at a mastermind with like a thousand people at it. And he goes, everybody take out your phone and call. It was a gym one and call your gym. Like four people had people answer the phone. It was insane. And we were one of them, but. I actually yeah. think one of the ideas I came up with and steal it, I don't care. I'm going to create yeah. it anyway. I yeah. want to create an answering service for service-based businesses where we actually pick up the phone. Yeah. And then you, and then you can have the person that answers cross sell across mm-hmm. the companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. That's a great idea. You mentioned mission and, and, and values. Are you a big believer in core values? Uh, do you have them yeah. off the top of your head? I'd love to hear what you, what your core values are. You know, it's really simple for one of the things my mission is to create jobs. I think that I spent most of my life working with people that don't want the moon. They want to take care of their family. They want a vacation. They want to hang out with people and they just want people that give a shit about Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And so that's like my big thing impact over everything. Like that's my, my big thing is like, I always want to leave the room better than I found it. Yeah. Do what you say you're going to do. And then, you know, make somebody's day. I think, I think that when you can leave somebody smiling, can really create and, and kind of like, I haven't had the greatest relationship with, uh, you know, my brother, or my parents are divorced and stuff. And I think mm-hmm. one of the reasons is, and, and, and people notice this a lot, um, I'm a lot, like there's a lot of oxygen that's sucked up in the room yeah. when I walk in it, you know, not on purpose, but like, it's just, you know. You leave a big wake. I leave Bert, a big Bert wake. Kreischer that's what, that's actually what wake. he said one yeah. time. Yeah, you leave a big wake. Yeah. But, but understand, like, what do you want me to do? Like, do you want me to leave less of a wake? But here's the deal. No, no, no. But here's the deal. I've learned as I get older to choose where the wake goes. Yeah. And meaning that I don't want to stomp out somebody else's mm-hmm. kind of like their moment. And that's been like the iteration to me, like meaning like, let's highlight the employee and give them like, hey, you did it. Like one of the things that I'm learning with my clients is like, they're so driven that you have to like make them stop and realize that they're literally created the life that they wanted. Like today with a client, I was like, I went through all of our calls for six months. And I was like, you do understand that you did everything that you said you would do. Can we take five seconds? Yeah. You know, and, 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 and I had a friend, I was walking with him and his kids in Austin and I was talking about all the things I was going to do. And he was like, Hey man, you remember like six months ago? When you talked about you want to do this and you want to do that and you want to do this, he goes, um, you're doing it. Mm. And he goes, so be careful that you're not currently living the life that you dreamed of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I like, think a lot of times, a lot of times successful people never take the time to appreciate it. I think dude, that's why the, the thing that Mark England mm-hmm. literally karate chopped me with was this level two assessment. And the first thing in there, like write this wins down. And dude, that took me a week. Bro, mm-hmm. I'm sober. Like, how many wins do I have? Like, but I'm sitting there going, how do I not know? Like, this is like, we write down all of our goals and the things that we don't do. When's the last time you wrote down the things that you did great? Mm -hmm. It just for me. And I was like, oh my God, hello. Like, that is so smart. And it's such a small thing, but it's like, where are you trying to go? Like, and I had a great friend, one of the most impressive Man, and I haven't thanked him enough, and I'm going to text him today. His name is Rick Alexander. He's an ultra marathoner. He has a great podcast. He's a coach. He's a killer dude. He's getting his PhD now. And I was in the midst of my 
kind of wanted to leave my marriage and I wasn't really, I just started coaching. He said, Austin, you were one of the most, you will be one of the most successful people I've ever met in my entire life. He said, but you will never be happy unless you realize that there's no place to get. He goes, when you can get to the place where you realize there's nowhere to get and you just fall in love with what you're doing daily. And it was like one of those things where it just like stopped you in your tracks. What would the book on your life be called? In Construction. <laughs> love it. You've been thinking about that one. No, Listen. actually, I just came out with that. But that's oh, that's so good. good though. It's good, man. <laughs> Listen, I love your vibe, man. There's, there's, uh, there's two questions that I ask every guest that comes on the show. Uh, and I think we're getting close to that time. So now's the time to ask them. The first question is, if you had access to unlimited capital, how would you, cur- how would you grow your current business profitably? I would go out in five different business sectors. I would look at the top three people in that sector and I would do what they're not doing. Mm, I like it. That's a, that's a unique answer. I like it. The second question is if you had to give up, and I don't know all of the different businesses you're doing, if you had to give up all of the things you are currently doing or have done in the past and start something totally new that you've never done before, what do you think that might be? I would love, and I still might do it later on in life. I would love to just own RV park. I would love, oh, you know what? I got a better answer. Hold on, dude. And this is so, oh, go ridic- ahead, go ahead. this is so ridiculous, but yeah. it's so true. And I promise you, I'm going to send you the picture when I make it happen. I would love, I used to be a chef. I would love to work the 12 to 8 a.m. shift at Waffle House as the shorter cook. That's like, I would do deck. that before yeah. the story. I would yeah. write a book yeah. off those stories, man. Yes. I would just travel around and, and that whole book yeah. would be the stories of late night guests. That was a pod drop of the Spear and Clover podcast. For more episodes of Escape the 9 to 5, we'll be back in a fortnight discussing how to use your strengths to create a more enjoyable and successful career. In the meantime, if you need help on your own career journey, feel free to join our Facebook group, Escape the 9 to 5 podcast. There you'll meet a group of like-minded professionals on their own journey to escaping the 9 to 5. See you next week.